0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, senior editor of the Democrat Gazette, and we're going to talk health care in Arkansas today, obviously a huge topic at all times in our state, and we have one of the most progressive, high-profile healthcare leaders in our state with us today, Adam Head, who is the CEO of Carti. Adam, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.
1: Appreciate being here, Rex.
0: Really appreciate you coming on. Boy, there has been a lot I know happening, not only on the overall healthcare front, but what you guys are doing with your locations all over the state of Arkansas. I want to go back, though, to when you arrived at, at Carti in the... Uh, fall of 2017 Mm -hmm. Uh, this is an important institution to our state and yet they had lost money the previous four fiscal years Uh, you you found a pretty challenging situation did you not (laughs) when you arrived yes i the board was pretty
1: honest with me Uh, the previous ceo had been there for 26 years and uh had done a great job she had planned to retire and there was a little bit of a, a gap there for several months but our community-based board was really honest with me they knew mm-hmm. that it was going to be a challenging role and i've always tried to pursue challenging leadership roles and probably cut my teeth on some of that just being in the army years ago yeah
0: and I wanted to talk about that a yeah, little later. Yeah, but, yeah. sure.
1: But I, but anyway, they they told me that it was gonna be tough. Uh I knew the financial state things were in. I mean, it's always never
0: and you went in with your eyes wide open. They were open yeah.
1: and you still learn things. Yeah. Uh but but it was uh it was certainly a, a challenging time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now the board did a national search and yet mm. they stayed right here in Arkansas. And you were in your thirties, uh. uh very very young uh, what do you think you brought and uh, don't be humble with me be be honest <laughs> what, what do you think you brought that really impressed the board a board that's doing a national search that said this guy's only in his 30s but he, he's the one we want to mm-hmm. we want to choose i was really honest with the board i i had a
1: Moment. It was a long. It was a six-month interview process, and I was just down the road at Arkansas Heart, Heart Hospital, Hospital, right, and, and from here. And so, I'm passionate about the state, but really didn't know a lot of specifics about the situation Carti was in, and really didn't know as much about Carti as what I, I wanted to know, and didn't know as many of the uh, the people that worked there. Every moment I got to. Spend with the team during the interview process. I appreciated the mission more and became more passionate about it, and got to a point where I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. And my wife was telling me that she said, "You know this this job seems like you," uh, but I didn't have any cancer experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was pretty honest with right. the board. Coming and they, from a heart hospital, and, yeah. and they yeah. knew that. Uh, but I felt like I had a good handle on just understanding a lot of the ins and outs of healthcare and more than that, what I tried to lean on was just leadership. Yeah, I talked about being in leadership roles in very turbulent times, turbulent situations, and that's really what I spoke to. And I had a moment where I stood up and I thought to myself, "Adam, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out here." And you know, if they say, you know, you're not the kind of person we feel like we need at this time, then you know, there's there's nothing uh, that I I would have regretted. Right, nothing, in that moment, I've laid wrong. it all out. So, yeah, you know? yeah.
0: Absolutely. That that makes perfect sense. But you were successful. In the first two years, your net revenue increased by 31%. Big picture. What did, what did you do those first two years to turn things around so quickly?
1: Carta had been in a situation where, you know, he built this amazing cancer center right in the heart of Little Rock. Right. The, the vision really at that time was – hey we've got all these these other clinics around the state they were mostly a single specialty type either medical oncology which is like the primary care of cancer treatment or radiation oncology but the main you know large carti cancer center here in Little Rock mm-hmm. and at that time we only had the one right it was that was supposed to be the the hub that was the vision of what was to be and and unfortunately through the build out process and the costs and the the bond issuance associated with certain financial targets, they, they weren't being met, and, and it really, I think, through that, amplified uh, some cultural division that, that maybe was, was already a challenge. Uh, there had been several acquisitions of groups bringing on new doctors, new team members, It went from just being radiation oncology since 1976, and then in 2011 and 12, you have medical oncologists, uh, you've still got your radiation oncologist, you've got radiologist, you've got a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And the way I chose to lean in from the very beginning is we've got to look at the culture first as a foundation. That's going to allow us to create a, a strong operating environment. And that in turn is going to lead to strong financial results. The only. <laughs> trick with that was it was a very short time to be able to do some of those things and quickly yeah it was about nine months uh but it was really neat i mean it it is a a neat story now it wasn't always fun you know then but it was it was cool to be able to see everybody come together and say you know we we believe in this thing yeah we can do something that's uh going to ultimately transform the way cancer care is delivered we didn't really know at that time in 2017 just how much you know it could be transformed and some of the cool things to be able to do over the next several years but uh but it,
0: that was the approach i took it had to start with culture yeah a- absolutely now you grew up here in arkansas in north little rock i, I went back in preparation for a show mm-hmm. and reread your high profile uh, uh profile from a couple of years ago but um uh, Sounds like you had a had a good childhood and mm-hmm. what I would consider a pretty pretty average Arkansas childhood uh, growing up. It, it was
1: up. a great childhood. I'd I would say I grew up on Lake Number Three or close by, yeah, in, in, in Lake. Right where it is. Did you know played baseball in the Lakewood ball fields and um, you know I from here roots here um, been here since my. You know my grandfather came back from world war ii and had car businesses here and mm-hmm. um you know saw that through my dad and you know he was in that for a time and he's been here my mom for a long time so yeah been here got to go to university of arkansas and and stay here and you know then 9 11 happened yeah uh, toward toward the end of that time and school I, and that kind of changed everything I, I, I was going to
0: ask you went to the university of arkansas as so many arkansans do how did you get an army rotc but what, what drove that decision
1: it the short version is i thought i wanted to be in the fbi mm. i had talked to a local fbi agent i thought you know this is what i need to do um it you know i've always leaned into i guess a, a sense of justice and i was thinking maybe i can serve in this way and you know i like to always be active and try to stay in good shape and i thought that could be a good role um as i got into school I ended up working in a hospital. I worked at Washington Regional mm-hmm. Hospital and they built their new campus in the early 2000s and uh it all that all kind of changed for me uh and then I kind of changed the trajectory you know of of my career but that was the reason I wanted to get into the army. I had somebody tell me you can either be an attorney uh you can go into computer science or you can go through the army yeah <laughs> I thought, well yeah. i I'll, I'll choose I'll choose this one and you know, I ended up being a medical service corps officer, not a military intelligence officer, and that provided a lot of the foundation for what I do now.
0: And, and you touched on the fact that September eleventh mm-hmm. uh, changed your changed your life, changed your trajectory it in did. many ways. Talk about that. I was uh, I was a, a junior in
1: college when it happened, and mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of students, you know, I was just leaving the the dorm and and walking to class, and you know, everybody remembers where they were, but. For me, when I joined Army ROTC, every, there's always something going on in the world, right? But it was relatively peaceful as far as our involvement as a nation and more than anything, I guess, on my own journey, I was thinking to myself, you know, this, this is gonna be pretty serious you now. This is not just going in and uh, either serving a few years that, that I owe back to the Army, you know, for the education or staying in, you know, long-term, this is, this is going to look very different from what I initially planned on.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was. Yeah, I, I was going to say <laughs> you, you deployed to Iraq in 2005. I did. I was
1: a medical service corps officer, which you, you were kind of a dual role. I planned the medical operations for my battalion and also was a medical platoon leader. So I had a platoon of medics that we used. And it was um, it was pretty transformative for me because I was – you know, 20, 23 right. to twenty five years right. old when I had that role, yeah. and and so I was I was thrust into that and a lot of responsibility, and had a lot of hard lessons learned, and saw a lot of things. But um, uh, there were a lot of hard moments. There were a lot of moments that uh, that I'll always remember, where I saw some some great things and really
0: defined my leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then you finish active duty. Uh... What were you looking at doing at that point? How did you end up back in Arkansas? I ended up at, when I was a
1: captain, and this was in two thousand eight. When I was mm-hmm. getting ready to finish, I was working at the main hospital on Fort Benning, and okay, uh, my wife and I really the the commitment was up, and we were just looking at everything. You know, should we get out? Should we continue on? You know, healthcare leadership in the army, and uh, ended up going for uh, an interview at Arkansas Heart Hospital in in two thousand eight, and uh ended up getting a job as an assistant administrator and so i finished up time in the army and uh, at fort benning georgia in 2008 and and got that first job as as a hospital assistant administrator there and really cut my teeth so on a lot of that.
0: that that's where you really learn the administration side of things i did I it. it was mm-hmm.
1: it was a great experience I got to look at a lot of different areas a lot of different apartments see it all and uh and that was really really helpful time for me before I took on my first you know top leadership role yeah. in a healthcare organization. Yeah.
0: We uh, we will talk about CarTage statewide presence now, but I'm, I I want to start here because you come back home to Central Arkansas and um, you were talking about the facility that CarTage had built here in Little Rock and uh we're, we're taping this downtown. I work downtown. I live out in West Little Rock. And as I go west, down 630, which is which is really, you know, you look on both sides of it, turned into some tremendous healthcare care corridor. Uh, I recently did a prospective cover story on the new orthopedic and spine hospital at UAMS, mm-hmm. their new proton therapy for cancer yeah. at the same time. But you look at the institutions up and down, either side of 630. And I realize this is a place that has always served an entire state, a large geographic area and parts of surrounding states. But boy, when it comes to health care, uh, Little Rock really bats above its weight class, I would have to think, for a city of 200,000 people. It's a it's a huge yeah. part of the economy here, is it not?
1: Oh, it certainly is. It's It's nice that Little Rock is – essentially in the center of the state and mm-hmm. and so that's been a, a a nice thing to be able to grow and We've got 37 acres ourselves which wow. is
0: a, I did not realize is, you had that is, size is a blessing. Footprint. Yeah.
1: yeah, right there in in the middle of 630 close to that intersection mm-hmm. of 630 and 430. So we've we've continued to try to use that opportunity as a where applicable and um it, there's there's a great population to serve out yeah. there. Uh, we've got all this uh, we've got a lot of these resources as a state, and we also have a lot of challenges from a health standpoint with the roughly 3 million people who live here.
0: We we do have a lot of challenges as a state, and that's why I wanted to expand it out to your your statewide effort. Um, I spent four years uh, at the Delta Regional Authority working on Delta mm-hmm. issues in parts of eight states. I'm a native of South Arkansas, so I probably write a lot more than most people do about East Arkansas, about about South Arkansas, and I was struck last week. First, I see a story in the Pine Bluff commercial mm. uh, on, on a speech you gave there in Pine Bluff, and I see that fabulous facility as I mm. drive through there. And then Saturday, I'm in El Dorado speaking to the South Arkansas Literary Festival and and drive by your beautiful facility on West Avenue uh, there in El Dorado. But talk a little bit about how under your leadership that. Carton has really reached out, and rather than making everybody come to Little Rock, has truly become a statewide institution. Mm-hmm.
1: We, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's always nice when somebody says, I saw your facility mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's encouraging to us. Going back to 2017-18, once we got healthy, Uh, financially and, you know, reestablish our cultural identity and what we needed to be. And
0: and I'll interrupt you in Um, a second. I think most people know, but the CA in CARTI is Central Arkansas, Central Arkansas Radiation Therapy Institute originally, but you're, you're far past Central Arkansas. Yeah, well, and,
1: and, and uh, more expansive than just radiation. So truthfully in 2011 and 12, the radiation alone, part of that was dropped. It's no Mm -hmm. longer an acronym. We've reestablished that as our value. So we're, it's a really interesting word. It's all caps, no periods, That's right. not an acronym anymore. We realized when we thought about the concept of, okay, what's a cancer center? Well, a cancer center to us was where you could have more than one specialty in a singular location. Patients essentially can go to one front desk, have providers working together, teams work together, wrap around services that are desired in a cancer journey and it's available. And we thought about how we were set up with this one large cancer center, four stories, 175,000 square feet that that is truly incredible. Mm-hmm. We just felt like we could do more. There are a lot of patients in this state that don't even want to have to make the drive to Little Rock even though like you mentioned we've got fantastic resources right here. So a natural one was that started in Conway and we were able to do a a relatively small remodel and it just exploded. This one front desk concept patients wanted to be able to stay there we did it again in Russellville in 2019 we built one in 2020 in North Little Rock which is the first one that was truly a ground up smaller version of what we have in Little Rock Mm -hmm. and then once we started thinking about next steps we kept going to South Arkansas and we did kind of a a listening session it was a listening session and it happened to be in El Dorado we were at a restaurant and it's four or five years ago and we had a bunch of providers in the room and just different people in healthcare and the community, and we just asked them a question. You know, what if we were to have a, a cancer center here? We're really looking at South Arkansas, and somebody raised their hand and they said, you know, for a long time, we felt like there's a mentality that Little Rock is the northern border of the state. Yeah, and that really felt. Everybody's nodding their heads in the room, and. I, we were thinking to ourselves, you know, this is a common theme. This is how a lot of of people feel—they're
0: not seen or heard by right. those of us here in
1: Little Rock, yeah. And, and I yeah. was I was talking to a mentor, and we were thinking about the decisions of where do we go when we we felt like we were building all this building all this momentum, and patients were responding to it. And I heard somebody tell me they said, "Well, where does the mission lead you?" Mm-hmm. And we felt like the mission was going to lead us to areas where care had been, cancer care specifically had been historically either non not present at all. Hey, you gotta drive to Little Rock if you need something, or it had been fragmented or mm-hmm. was fragmented. And that's why we we leaned in hard and in looking at let's establish something, not just clinics, which we had some clinics in El Dorado and Stuttgart, some other areas, but right. let's create something that is so robust, so strong in the looks of standalone cancer. Right. Center. That yeah. that unless you have to have a surgery Which you know, I know we're going to talk about that. We Mm -hmm. your care can stay here. You can feel good. You can trust it. Mm -hmm. And that that was the the missional moment for us.
0: Yeah, I I write a lot about the changing demographics of Arkansas because it really fascinates me. I mean, between 2000 and 2010, uh, excuse me, between 2010 and 2020 census. We gained population as a state, but 53 of the 75 counties lost population. Mm. All that growth came from just 22, Mm -hmm. less than a third of our counties. So you have large areas of rural Arkansas losing population. As they lose population, obviously they're going to lose primary care physicians. They're going to lose other services, uh, not just in cancer treatment, but the Whole healthcare sector uh, in Arkansas that uh, hollowing out of rural areas, and those remaining behind uh, being in such sparsely populated areas that that has to create some true challenges for anybody involved in healthcare statewide in Arkansas. I would think A- absolutely.
1: Uh, cancer uh, for for our world. I mean, and again, there's there's all sorts of other diseases that that are a challenge for this state but in our world for cancer care we know that overall one in 3 people will get a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. In Arkansas the American Cancer Society projects that now it's we're getting close to 19,000 newly diagnosed cancer cases projected in 2023. And it doesn't People may say, "Well, okay, what is that number? What you know? Why does that matter?" If you look at a kind of a heat map of the state in South Arkansas specifically, if you're looking by county, a lot of those counties just light up mm-hmm. uh, because I, I really believe we really believe if it's not just access. People always talk about access in healthcare, but when it comes to cancer, people be willing to drain their bank account. Mm-hmm. One, hey, we got to go out of state, you know, we've got to go somewhere, I heard about this or I read about this, or you just don't get care at all. You say, well, I, I can't I can't go, I can't right. afford it, I, I can't get there, I'll, I'll do that scan later on, and we really believed if we could go to some of those areas, we can really diagnose more cancer, meaning the number overall goes up, maybe it crests 20,000 or 25,000 because we're diagnosing more patients. We know they're out there. Mm-hmm. They're just now being diagnosed as a stage three or a stage four potentially not maybe a one or two where we can uh, really do more to treat someone typically and what's been really cool we've seen the last few years and i'm not saying it's just through our efforts but this is happening in our state where the number the mortality number people that you know, cancers. Their final diagnosis. Right. That number staying the same, mm-hmm. even though the overall diagnosed cases is going up. And that that's that that you know
0: that's that's our heartbeat as an exactly. institution. Exactly. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Pride podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette you you touched on it and said we were going to and i and i do want to talk about uh the surgery center why why a surgery center what what was behind that decision we've evolved a
1: lot over the last 47 years again starting in 1976 and certainly over over the last 10 or 12 years there's there's been a lot of evolution it felt like a natural next step for us We have had surgeons on our team for a long time, and that's continued to grow. Certainly with a lot of patients in their cancer journey, it can start with a surgery. Okay, we found this. Now you need to get some general treatment. You need to see a medical oncologist. You need to go get scans, radiation, et cetera. But we always had to do, our surgeons always had to do those surgeries off-site. We knew in the same way we've created cancer centers that we want to feel like a different kind of experience, a non-institutional experience, a very trusted experience. If we were gonna get into surgery and actually being able to perform that uh, in one of our own locations, it needed to look and feel unique. Mm -hmm. It needed to carry that same weight of trust, even in the building itself, the design, everything. So we took a field trip it's actually the very beginning of 2020 as covid was hitting we right as it was hitting we we got into we took a field trip to memorial sloan kettering which Mm. is always with md anderson was always rated as one of the top one or two cancer institutions In in the world yeah yeah and we scheduled a tour we were able to get into and this is in lower manhattan uh, it's a an extended stay surgery center that works with the rest of their campus it's not a hospital mm-hmm. it's actually designated as a surgery center but it was doing very more complex surgeries than are ever typically done in a surgery center and had the ability to keep patients overnight now this is in new york right and so it was vertical you know it was, yeah, it was straight up like 14 stories i thought well what's an arkansas version of mm-hmm. that what does this need to look like and we came back and as we started looking at designs and looked at our team and the types of specialties we wanted to be able to offer uh, we came up with this uh, you know working with some fantastic partners of course we're able to come up with this concept and design and uh, and it's it's been really exciting to see
0: that come to fruition how does it change the patient experience for you to have have that as part of your your campus now part of your organization well, you know, we call
1: that continuity of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can now have, uh, one of our surgeons can perform a surgery and it, take one of our, our breast surgeons. They can perform a surgery in the surgery center, which can do practically all uh, of uh, cancer-focused breast surgeries that, that need to occur. And if there's follow-on treatment with a medical oncologist or someone finishes up, and now, because we've got this, um, this kind of network, this infrastructure around the mm-hmm. state. Well, hey, I'm from, I'm from El Dorado. You know, I'm from CrossFit. Well, right. Good news. You know, you can get all your follow-on care there, where where you live. Here, this yeah. is typically a one-time event, and so it's. We're excited about this this being a powerful moment, yeah.
0: for a lot of our patients and wherever they live. And obviously, with the newer facility, you have. All of the bleeding edge technology, Da Vinci yes. robots, so forth. We do. It's it's
1: it's pretty it's pretty neat to see when we've given some tours, see people's reaction to walking through. We have six ORs. Two of those have Da Vinci robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, having something of that scale and technology is pretty atypical in, in a surgery center. Yeah. Yeah. The facility itself is fifty seven thousand square feet. Wow. It's a classified as a mega surgery center in its scale. And that's the first one like that in the state. And it's the first cancer focused surgery center in the state. It's the first surgery center in the state to be able to offer overnight rooms if mm-hmm. necessary, which gives mm-hmm. us more ability to to do surgeries that would typically always have to be done on a hospital campus. Right. So uh, interventional radiology suite, we can do some urologic procedures. We're gonna, uh, gynecologic surgical oncologists are going to be doing some complex procedures their uh, head and neck cancer others it's a, there's a lot that can be done in this
0: space uh you know just depending on what what a patient needs yeah you you talked about how the mission of CARTI has evolved and especially over the last decade uh, just has completely changed look forward, if you will. And I know it's hard to predict because things change. We couldn't have seen a pandemic coming in 2020, for instance. Mm -hmm. Things change a lot. But from where you sit now, give me a sense of where you see the institution five years from now, 10 years from now.
1: Hmm. Everything goes back to the mission, first of all. Our, Our mission is making trusted cancer care accessible. That's the short version. Uh, technology continues to change. It's changed since I uh, came on board. Exactly. Immunotherapy you know, has come online really strong in the last several years, and that's a way we can treat patients who are uh, getting infusions like we never could before. Uh, radiation oncology, you know, we've been able to offer more than ever before with uh, CyberKnife and shorter course treatments, meaning now patients that we treat can go in for five treatments or even one treatment instead of 50 or 60. Um, and, and surgery is you know certainly part of this, some of the imaging that we can do. We believe as an institution, again, we're we're an independent, nonprofit, non-physician-owned, non-outside managed mm-hmm. entity, that arts it's our core responsibility to find ways to treat patients with this technology, with this expertise, and make it as inexpensive for a patient as possible. You know, that's that's not always talked about. This the way we're actually providing care. I believe, we believe is the future. It's less expensive for insurance companies, for Medicare. It's less expensive for patients and families, and it's more accessible than ever before. And if we can accomplish all of those things, I feel like we can really make a difference. There's going to be new treatments that are going to come online. You know, people are talking about, um, you know, artificial intelligence in healthcare, uh, precision medicine. You know, we have a lot of genetics uh, and risk management now, where if there's A cancer diagnosed in a family the rest of the family can come in and hey you need to start doing this proactive screening Mm -hmm. so we're doing a lot of those things now but as much as possible if it's cancer or if it touches cancer that's where we want to be that that's our space that's where we feel like we can make a difference and i feel like there's more that we can continue to offer and you know we're going to continue to reinvest in that
0: yeah any additional and and i know this is not something that's been thought out probably yet but do you see additional arkansas cities having having cancer centers uh, going forward possibly
1: we do i i'm, I'm not probably prepared to to, to, to release Understood. that today yeah. but but we know that there's more need there mm-hmm. uh, but truly it it has to start with where where do we feel like we can truly make an impact um, that We have a great state with a lot of fantastic providers of different institutions. We don't in any way deny that. We've had a philosophy that let's start with what can benefit patients and families where we can make an impact and let's mm-hmm. just let the chips fall after that. And that's what we, our entire team believes. And, and that's, that's kind of our rallying cry. So we don't think we're finished expanding services in depth and breadth research and all the research studies that we have going on and getting patients um, on new trials so there's there is so much more work uh, to be done we're
0: letting that Lead us, you know, gotcha. letting that guide us. Yeah. Gotcha. Adam, thank you. I, I knew it would go fast because it's been a sure. fascinating discussion. And thank you for what Carti is doing now statewide in our state of Arkansas. Right well, thank now. you. I appreciate it, Rex. Our guest, Adam Head, CEO of Carti, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.